This is Creativity in Music and Music Education, a conversation about music, learning, and the creative process with Richard Maxwell, a musician, producer, top 10 finalist, and three-time Grammy Foundation Music Educator of the Year nominee, creator of the nationally recognized Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program at Arcadia High School. The Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast starts now. Hey, everybody. Richard Maxwell here for another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. Once again, as always, I want to thank you all for listening and for sending me your feedback and for comments and for suggestions and all that good stuff. I really, really appreciate it, whether you are listening to this from iTunes or downloading it somewhere or broadcast, whatever it might be. But I really, really, really do appreciate it. Uh, This week... Uh, I want to start off by talking about something I mentioned last week, um, which was I got to spend part of my weekend with some of my students at the Arizona English Teachers Association Conference, which is put on by ASU every year. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was um, it was actually very, very interesting to meet a lot of them. Uh, very, very kind uh, reception, very, uh, very... Um, positive response to, to what we do and this approach to creativity uh, in the classroom that we take. And just in general, I just thought it was pretty cool. And I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that because um, I was just so uh, grateful to them for the invitation and the opportunity. And it was it was pretty cool. Um, anyway, this week, we have another uh, edition, if you will, of um, new Arizona State University music education interns in the CMAS program, Jenny Madruga and Miles Coe. And they've been coming in uh, to CMAS uh, quite often, actually, the last several weeks. This interview actually took place right after their very first day, which is something I've been trying to do with most of the ASU interns, just to kind of get their initial sense of things. And it's interesting, as you start to listen to these episodes together with the ASU interns, um, there's starting to develop, as I think I've mentioned in the past already, these these patterns and trends, both in terms of what uh, their initial impressions are, but maybe more importantly, already starting to look at what they could do with uh, the experience and how it might impact their own teaching practice later on, which I think is pretty cool. Because one of the things that I'm always curious about is, you know, how many other programs like CMAS can there be out there if we just help folks get a little bit of, you know, even just the core basic concept of how the program works? You know, maybe it doesn't have to be such an anomaly. Maybe it doesn't have to be a rare thing at all, which would be really, really wonderful. And and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I know there are a lot of programs out there teaching composition. There's a lot of programs teaching um, you know recording and things of that nature. But we're not seeing a whole lot of them as sort of this open creative platform that is fully, um, you know, sort of uh, unrestricted in that in that context. There always seems to be a little bit of a, well, we do this part of it or we do that part of it or we, you know, want things kind of still to be in this area or, or that specification or whatnot, which is totally fine and, to be honest with you, completely understandable. Um, I've been in a very lucky situation, I've mentioned this before, where I have so much autonomy that mostly as long as I can explain things and justify why we're making changes or moving in whatever direction or opening up whatever possibilities, I seem to um, be met continuously and, and gratefully, I will say, on my part, uh, with nothing but support for that and nothing but support for the students. So, you know, I think that in, you know, comparing my program to other programs is probably not entirely fair, which is not to say that I do everything perfectly because Boy, is that not the case. There are so we'd be here a very long time if I started listing off the things that I need to seriously improve about about what I do. But overall, that autonomy and that support um, from my site administration, like you heard last week with my boss, Nathan Slater, who is the uh, principal of Arcadia all the way up, you know, the line. Um, you know, it does it does give us some flexibility. But anyway, uh, Jenny and Miles, they like the others, they'll be talking a little bit about their their history, their thoughts of things. Um, to some extent, as I've mentioned before, when we're talking to the interns on this first day, they're still just trying to get their head around maybe what they're doing because they deliberately are brought into CMAS on their first day with very little information. It's something that we kind of like to do on purpose in some ways, not to be cruel, uh, not to like put them off necessarily, but just because 
it lets them come in with no necessarily, you know, bias other than their past experience. And so that way we get to sort of explore um, what that means to them and and uh, how that could impact what they're doing in the future in a positive way. So anyway, um, with that being said, um, I think you really enjoy this. Um, uh, you know, as I may have already just mentioned, but, um, you know, these interviews with the interns tend to be a little bit, you know, interviews of me because they're still figuring it all out. And it's a lot of questions that they have of me on that first day. But, uh, I think you'll, I think you'll definitely like this one. This is, uh, Jenny Madruga and Miles Co. All right. So I am here with two, uh, of my latest and newest and wonderful ASU music education interns. I've got Jenny Madruga and Miles Coe here. And we are, as we've been doing with some other uh, interns as we start the school year now, talking to you at the end of your first day here at Arcadia in the Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program. It's been a long day, I know. And you guys have managed to suffer through it. You lost the bet. You're here now. And No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, no, um, I'm very glad you guys are here, though. I really appreciate you coming Thanks. in. Um, and it's exciting to, to be working with you for the term. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to just sort of um, get your sense of things, talk about, you know, different elements of your backgrounds and how it relates to maybe what we'll do here and, and just kind of see what's going on. But before we do that, what I wanted to do is ask you the same question. I ask this of everybody who, who I interview for this um, what are you currently listening to, like for fun? Like, what's on your playlist on your smartphone or whatnot? You know, what are you? What's making its way around your brain? Like, I really like this piece or this artist or whatever it is. You want to go ahead? Yeah. So right now I'm listening to. Well, I'm my recital. Well, Miles and I are going to do a dual recital. Oh, cool. in, Next fall. All right. And so I've been listening to like duets and things like that. So I've been listening to Little Women. Okay. Broadway, um, more than I am, is something that hopefully is in Miles's range. Okay. Um, but yeah. So we we and I actually don't even know this yet because I deliberately waited because I knew we were going to do this interview. <laughs> so you guys are vocal performance Correct. oriented. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So so you're basically so you're spending and this is totally fine, but you're spending pretty much all of your available sort of quote me time listening specifically prepping for this recital in a year. Which is yeah, okay. Yeah, I would say so. I'm I love singing classical music. Okay. And uh, I I'm a mixed voicer rather than a, a belter, so I okay. like listening to Broadway, but um, nothing my, nothing yeah. pop, nothing radio. Uh, it's okay. I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, I I do have a Maroon Five Pandora <laughs> station. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. And so that which is not getting played very much lately, or no, which is not, okay. Yeah, I mean a mixture of both. If I because they be definitely have two different, sure. um, you know, feelings that they. Let me and ask you this: that they We're serve. about to head into a long weekend. Over that long weekend, you have an opportunity, hypothetically, to just throw on some music. What's that music going to be? Maybe Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> okay, no, that's cool. That's great. No, okay, cool. That's 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 great. Just yeah. out of curiosity, real quick, what 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 um, is there a thread that ties from Phantom of the Opera, Maroon Five, and these other? Broadway things that 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 draws you into it. Is there any? Is there is there a musical or inspirational or anything that? Uh, well, I am a hopeless romantic, so okay. so I Nothing enjoy listening that? to love songs, and um, I think the Broadway and the classical love songs are are romanticized versions of what love can be and relationships are. Okay, and then cool. Maroon 5 is addresses the same topics, but in a more contemporary setting. I okay, think. cool. No, that's good. So, There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. This is just more I'm curious, you know, to I find like out that. a little bit. So what about you, Miles? That was pretty good. I don't know if I can follow that <laughs> yeah, up. Fair enough, okay. <laughs> um, but mostly recently, I've been listening to a bit of... Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to classify it. Uh, Hiatus Coyote is a big group that I've been listening to. Okay, kind of like a soul funk. Oh, all right. Kind of feel. Okay. Um, along with some, uh, hmm, some electronic music. Okay. That I get interest from from my brother. Okay. Um, older brother, younger brother. Older brother, okay. three years. Okay, fair enough. Um, 
Other than that, I've been listening to some choral works. Sweetheart of the Sun is one of my favorites by Eric William Barnum. Okay. Um, some Ludovico Enodi, a uh, pianist who I really like, and a lot of jazz. Okay. When I can. Okay, fair enough. I also have a background in saxophone, alto, and tenor. Oh, so, all right. Okay. So okay. Uh, I like to play when I can. Right, 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 right. Well, and I know, I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, it's kind of like, you know, they call it a music ed degree, but it's kind of like getting two degrees. Definitely. I mean, it really, it's an enormous an undertaking. On the other hand, you know, ASU, and I've talked about this before with folks, does something very unique that I feel... I mean, I'm obviously biased. They send me all of you guys, and I get to work in the summers there and 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 be involved and 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 whatnot. So my bias aside, though, I think it's pretty cool that they only accept you if they can guarantee that they can get you employed when you're done, and not to sound like the crazy old man, like you gotta take care of your responsibilities thing. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, the ability to pursue something that you're passionate about and know that there's a destination at the end that's not just like a random hope I can get to it thing. That's a huge like I wish I wish there was almost like a requirement for universities that in order for them to exist, they had to provide that. So that you weren't just I mean I'm not saying the experience of being at a university is worthless just for being there, because I know that there's a lot you get out of it, but I mean, my goodness. It, it, it that to me is one of the coolest things about what ASU does and why I'm grateful to be part of it and having you guys, you know, come in and, and, and corrupt you completely apparently, <laughs> you know, as, as as music ed majors, but but kidding aside, but that's a big deal. You know, if you if you have friends going to other schools, if you tell them this that one fact about what your degree is that you're pursuing, I can guarantee you a lot of them are gonna be like, What? Because most places do not do that. They'll provide you right. with an incredible you know, education and a great opportunity. But to actually say, when you're done, we have this next step lined up for you, that allows you to focus on what you really should be focusing on, which is you know, the, the, the art of, of, of learning how to do all this stuff. So then they send you here to learn mm-hmm. all the things you're not supposed to do. <laughs> so I am sort of like the, the antithesis of... Proper pedagogy. No, the gatekeeper. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the statistical normalization. I'm, you know, you know, in, in the math class, you know, we need one to be out of sync so we can prove all the other ones are in sync. It's refreshing, um, though. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fair enough. So, 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 obviously, it's a it's a long day here. Um, I'm very lucky that I get to work with that many students every day. But we, as you saw, we pretty much went from 7:45. And we did not stop. Um, and that's most days. I don't mind that. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering just your sense of, and I'm not, I am absolutely not looking for, you know, like you have to somehow like suck up to me because no <laughs> one cares what I think. So, you know, it's, I'm not looking for compliments here. I'm not looking for any like specific anything. I'm just curious, you know, what's, what is your sense? Like you walk in. They've told you basically nothing other than where to go. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, after a day of, of this, I'm wondering what you think. Good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. I'm, I'm just curious. I'll go. Um, so I kind of just felt out of place. Like, <laughs> I'm I, sorry. No, no, not in a, not in a, like, nobody forced me into that place. But the students know what they're doing and, like, do I impose on their creativity, you know, or do I step back and wait? Sure. Or, you know, so, so what is my purpose? Right, 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 right. That that will best. And to be fair, I actually, on a daily basis, still try to figure that balance out, you know, because you do, you watch some of these kids and you're like, oh my goodness, that's just amazing. And I kind of want to like step in, just even just tell them it's amazing but I don't want to. I don't want to break the flow, the line that they've got going. I don't want to stop that. Right. So I totally understand. In some respects, in a way, the fact that you would even come to that conclusion that quickly actually says a lot about you in a very positive way. Because I mean, but seriously, because if you think about <laughs> it, and you know, for folks that are listening, if you've never witnessed what goes on in the classroom, it can be sort of like this organized or disorganized, depending 
chaos looking on the surface i totally get why people sometimes come and see what we do here and are like you're crazy because it is you know it's all these moving parts and none of them are moving quite the same way Mm -hmm. and it's by design but it's not like you know when i was doing band and orchestra by nature you have to i mean and you know you guys are choir students you're Mm -hmm. you've been in choirs you know the nature of that kind of ensemble well yeah you better have somebody standing up there at the front going this is how we're going to approach this. Not out of arrogance, not mm-hmm. out of like, you know, being like holier than thou kind of complex or something, just because otherwise you can't put the pieces together. It won't work. Here, that's one of the beauties of it for me is they're figuring out what pieces are even supposed to be in the puzzle, let alone what the puzzle is. You know, so I, I wouldn't actually stress that part of it, if that helps. I don't know. I may have just scared okay. you more. I'm not really sure. No, <laughs> no, I just, I want to be a resource not a right. hindrance on their education or their creativity when i saw so. that i saw you guys going around and you were sort of you know just chatting with them and stuff and some of it too is you know to be fair i think some of it's also just you know by ne- literally by next week to go oh yeah jenny's back hey this is what i did in the last week and to sort of be able to get that because it takes a little bit of right it takes a little bit of time some of it too is you know we only have what is it 50 three minutes or something like that, which is just a horribly short amount of time, mm-hmm. especially for the ones like you guys saw where they really are moving along on something. You know, they're they're looking at it and going, oh, I ran it. I got it. Are you kidding? Right. I don't know. I, you know, can I skip that next level, which is very flattering. <laughs> you know, can I skip that next class or two? <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think that that'll come. I, I really, okay. I really do. What about you, sir? What do you think? Uh, kind of going back to something you were just saying, uh, how they put the pieces t- to the puzzle of kind of their own self. Um, and something you said just kind of struck me all of a sudden. You said the pieces, they're supposed to be there. And it's kind of interesting how how many pieces people were putting in that I wouldn't even <laughs> have even considered today. Right, right, right. Being so... Uh, well, I've been trained as a saxophonist and a vocalist, and it's so interesting to see all of the other options. Sure. Um, well, that, that makes me feel good. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. And I've kind of been exposed to a lot of different things because of my family, given me folk, jazz, electronic, metal experience, you name it, and I've right. had experience with it. Cool. That's um, great. Which I'm very, very fortunate about, and I'm really happy to be starting here because I can really... And we'll see how you feel. When we're <laughs> <Yeah. all> t- <laughs> but that sounds great so far. No, I'm, I'm teasing. But yeah, it's really interesting to go to each student and actually be able to relate to them on some level because I have that experience from whatever they're working That's on. That's great. And maybe even experience from another element that they haven't considered. Well, and see, that's sort of the point. You know, a lot of times people are always curious, like, so they're all writing like a rock tune this week and the next week it'll be jazz or something. And, and at one point, I kind of considered that approach because from an organizational standpoint, man, that would make things simpler. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. But what I've actually been finding is more interesting is, you know, so let's say just hypothetically, you know, you know, Jenny, you work on, say, you've got a singer songwriter thing you're doing and you have zero interest in anything that has anything to do with, let's just say jazz. I'm not saying this is true, but Mm -hmm. run with me a second. You come in, Miles, and you're just all about jazz. That's just your thing. And you have no interest in any other style. But in the process of me, by me being able to say, okay, you know what? Pursue that singer-songwriter thing as far as you want to take it, for as intensely as you're willing to go with it. Let's see how far we can push those limits and what can we make out of it. And saying the same thing to you about the jazz idea, well, when we get to that point and we do this repeatedly in their process, you guys just haven't seen it yet, you will, but this idea of, okay, so Jenny's going to play where she's at in her piece. And yeah, I get it. Miles and maybe the people that he's friends with in the class, they don't listen to that style. They have no supposed interest in that style. But they're going to hear that and they are going to offer feedback in the same way. You're going to listen to that jazz thing that may be of no interest on the surface to you. But what happens is is that by just definition and, and just by circumstance, I guess is what I should say, they become... You know, you be, the kids all become kind of friendly with each other. So what happens is the jazzer goes, okay, you know what? I'm not really into singer-songwriter stuff, but I, I'm friends with her. 
And so I want to give her feedback that's actually going to help her as opposed to, oh, I don't know. I don't listen to that style. I don't care about that style or whatever. Mm-hmm. And right. so that becomes the first step. And then in the midst of maybe you're in like, you know, your third or fourth run at this piece that you're trying to create and you're going, you know, I kind of think, what if I put in this instrument? Hey, Miles. Two weeks ago, you played this thing for us in class. Could you play a line for me on my piece? And now all of a sudden, we just ripped the wall out. There is no longer this singer-songwriter jazzer thing. And so what you were talking about earlier, Miles, about how different options that you might never have ever thought of, that's kind of like, I want that. Like, I want them to be like, I never would have thought of that. Whereas I feel like if you do it where everybody's kind of in that sort of, okay, today we're doing this, and tomorrow we're doing this, and tomorrow we're doing that, yeah, you get a lot of basics and fundamentals really fast. And I, I do think short term, you have them, quote, creating faster. But I think long term, what you're actually teaching is boxes, which which don't help creatively. I would much rather have it be much more organic. And it, frankly, it's kind of fun. You go to a show and the same rocker and jazz or, or, or you know, or jazzer and, and the 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 singer songwriter are totally supporting each other even though the songs or the music they're playing feel completely disconnected other than the personal one between each other so i don't know does that does that sort of make sense it's a, it's a it's an evolutionary thing for them mm-hmm. yeah know? um it's great to see it too because that happens in music everywhere i think it happens in life everywhere yeah i mean if you think about it you know plus it's also you know if you forget about the the creative element for a minute and just even the technical part, they kind of need each other because uh, the kids do. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they're going to... I don't know anybody who could come in and memorize every step of every... I still have to occasionally go, wait a minute, was it that? Wait, I want to just double check. Just because of the nature... Of, there's so many options and there's so many variables. Um, anyway... What else? What else are you thinking for your first day? Good, bad? You said you had a couple of questions about something, and I, I was like, yeah, we'll get to those. Maybe we'll put them on the podcast, and you guys yeah. rolled your eyes at me a little bit, but we're you know, too kind uh, to say no. A couple of questions from, that I was thinking about. First of all, how did you get the funding for all of this? <laughs> I get that asked all the time. Because I know a guy. Incredible no, setups. Thanks. Um, so real quick, I will answer that. So funding is mostly through grants. Um, we are a career and technical education program. Um, now, to be fair, I think there was a time, particularly in Arizona, where if you said career and technical education, it was synonymous with giant piles of money that were just available. Um, that's not really the case. I'm not sure that ever was truly the case, certainly in the time that I've been a CTE teacher, but it's through grants. Um, I think some of it is... I was in a perfect storm of a circumstance when I decided to um, devote myself full time to this. I miss my orchestras. I miss my I miss my full symphonies. Like you wouldn't believe we. I had the bands. I had the orchestras. We started combining them together, and for years, full actual symphonies running year round. Two of them. It was like I don't know what I was thinking to stop doing it. <laughs> well, what happened was is it was just it became too much to do everything. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is is that it started small. It started with a guitar class in my second year. It That eventually, because I've, I've always been, even when I'm doing the hyper-traditionalist stuff, if you will, I'm always about what are we going to create. That to me has just always been fascinating, even since I was little. And so guitar very quickly morphed it into songwriting for fairly obvious reasons. It just mm-hmm. became a kind of a natural progression. So what, start, what happened basically was we just had this, we started developing, you know, we have all these guitar students and they turn into songwriters and we're doing all these things. And I basically, in, a, in just a very lucky circumstance, was able to go to the powers that be in the school and in the district and in CTE and say, look, I think there's this opportunity. Look at what we're already doing with essentially nothing or very nearly nothing. You know, if we could just get our ducks in a row on a couple of things, you know, there's already, you know, there's opportunities for jobs, which is the, you know, the, the career part of it. It's not the technical thing that really sets it apart. The you know, people say, what's the real, you know, what's different about your job now? And, you know, oh, well, I was a conductor and now I'm more of a facilitator, blah, blah, whatever. You know, that's jargon. The real difference is as a, as a conductor, as a band and orchestra director, as much as I loved that gig, my obligation really ultimately only comes down to 
the cultural importance. You know, we're going to study this music because it's important historically, culturally. It's going to and and those are not small nothing things. Don't misunderstand me. But CTE adds one more component, and we were we were initially some of it was because they wanted to show could we merge the sort of career thing with the arts thing, and so we were like the experiment. So there was a little bit of there was some risk. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You you might be able to argue pretty convincingly even now there's some risk, but that's a separate, you know, <laughs> that's that's separate. Uh, but kidding aside, um, but the difference really is is that I have to do all that cultural historical soul growth kind of stuff anyway, which I think is the most important part of what we still do. It's why I want it to be creative. Mm -hmm. But I also have to show very specifically and very directly how this isn't just like a rabbit hole that you're just wildly chasing down. You must, you have to be able to get a job. At the very least, how are you going to move on to the next step educationally and not just, oh, I'm going to go apply to music schools. I mean, very specifically, we have to draw to that next level and that's a big part of it. Now, by doing that, you can get the funding in place more. But, you know, I was lucky. I had administration that believed that my idea wasn't crazy. I had a CTE director at the time who thought, okay, yeah, I'm willing to take, give a shot at this and put some money into it. But for the first couple of years, I was freaked out. I was like, I'm going to be, like, I've given up my traditional job. This will fail, and I will, I don't know, I have no, I have no skill set. Like, so, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> how, how were those first couple of years transitioning into this sort well, of program? Well, okay, so to be fair, in my, okay, so I've been at Arcadia for 100 years. No, not really. Mm -hmm. feels like it's okay. No. Actually, I, I honestly, that, and that's actually part of it. This is a phenomenal school, and I have been extraordinary. Like, I have been stupid lucky with every administrative change. They come in and ultimately become fans of this. Our current principal, who you will meet, Nathan Slater, I'm actually going to interview him hopefully next week for this, for this podcast. Nathan is absolutely the perfect... If you want the model principle for ac athletic and academics, he's it. He'll tell you this. He's not the arts guy. But he's the it's about students guy. And he came in and he he was he's we've talked about this him and I, you know, he was very skeptical. He had heard different things and he wasn't really sure. And within like 30 seconds, he was like, you know, okay, I I get this. This is good for kids. I don't know that he gets anything we specifically do, mm -hmm. but he sees the work ethic that the kids have, and he sees the results and the positive impact it has. And I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm, I, I feel weird saying all these things, but he's our—he's literally the biggest fan of this program. Like, I mean, it's crazy how supportive he is. I'm, and so I'm lucky in that regard. But that's a big part of it. It's that, that element. The other things kind of happen, you know, you, you just sort of, you figure out how to piece it together. Um, but it's that career thing. And I think that's a big part. I think it's that this is, you know, on one level you go, oh yeah, they're just making music in there. And I get that, you know, but if you start to dig, it's really, this has nothing to do with music, which is kind of, I think, partially why I like it so much. It sort of appeals to my, even though I don't like the ego thing, but it kind of does. I mean, mm -hmm. to be honest. What else can I tell you about? What else? Other, quite, you said you had a couple other. I don't want to. I'm looking at the at the Pro Tool session here. I'm like, wow, my line is just really, really dark, and yours is like, I don't want to talk. <laughs> That's all my, right. My laughs. That's okay. That's good. <laughs> we'll punch more of those in I later. I love it. Um, so, I mean, we're both performers as well as future educators, and sure. so we were wondering like how much performing we can actually do in your class and like do the projects and things. Oh, great question. Any of it. Absolutely. Okay. Look, I mean, look, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that's the other thing that I really, you know, and, and this is, I mean, like in hindsight, and I did not really answer your question, what's it look like in the beginning? We'll Don't worry there. about it. Um, mm -hmm. But no, but a lot, but this sort of will answer some of that. You know, if I, when I had bands and orchestras, by necessity, I had beginning, I had intermediate, you know, you have advanced. And, and, and that makes sense. And, and, and of course you would. But here, because of the nature of collaboration and the nature of, of um, this idea of 
it's about sharing ideas. So you guys coming in and doing some of those projects, that's one more example for the students to go, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Wait, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I could do that. Maybe not as expert or maybe not in the same exact way, but this is about expressing yourself. And that's the thing about the creation versus the interpretation. You know, um, I've, I use this, I think I even mentioned this to you guys earlier. You know, if we're doing Beethoven, I have a, that, you know, as soon as I say that name, there is a series of parameters that immediately unfold in your head. Just they do. And there's nothing wrong with those. There's absolutely not. We need those. But if you don't meet those parameters, we're not doing Beethoven. That's just a harsh reality for us, for some maybe, yep. but let's not kid ourselves. That is the reality. Here, it's all about what are you trying to say to your audience? Period. Now, if you practice a lot, and if you get more proficient on an instrument, it's going to be easier for you to have a better vocabulary to talk to that audience. But, and this comes back to the, the, the little bit of the beginning thing, but fundamentally, I can still express myself even with a limited vocabulary. And ironically, sometimes my limited vocabulary gives me a much more pure message. You know, how many times do you see people playing, I don't care what style and what the instrument is, and they're just flying all over the place. It's miraculous in terms of notes, but it's not musical, right? It's like this technical genius, and you're going, yes, but I'm completely bored out of my mind, and you're not saying anything to me. You're just, you're, it's like you're musically yelling at me. Like, <laughs> stop it, right? So, so we try to, I try to go the other direction here. So it really doesn't matter that you are a vastly more mu- experienced musician than my students will be. And it doesn't even matter breaking it amongst my students, the senior versus the freshman. Been around for a bunch of years, just getting here. What do you want to say? What do you want to share? Are you able to exchange the ideas? That's really the start and the end. Half the time, honestly, I have to like think, like, wait, is that, he's a junior, right? Is he a junior? I don't even know if he's a junior or a senior or whatever it is. <laughs> because it doesn't come into the conversation until we get to the next year's registration. And they're like, yeah, I can't come back next year. I'm graduating. I'm like, Aww. well, I don't want to know that. <laughs> we'll fail you. You'll come back. No, I mean, <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah. Um, as far as what it used to be like, what I will tell you is, is this. What is now considered the beginning stuff Excuse me. Yeah, what's now considered beginning initially was some of the most advanced stuff. And I've accelerated it over the years because I've stripped away a lot of the, you know, the very first, I'll give you, you know, here's a great example. The first year of the program when I first took it over full time was they didn't, they didn't make any, they didn't, they all, it was strictly learn an instrument. We're going to spend an entire year and we're going to get you brilliant on that instrument and on paper that made sense and it did make sense for a while for me until i got to this point where i think i mentioned you guys earlier i asked myself one question is this helping or hindering their creativity and i kept coming back to yeah they need to be functional but at a certain point i'm telling them wait hold on we'll get to that next year you'll get to play with that gizmo or that piece of gear or you'll get to express yourself in this you know in this way but next year And I started to find that to be a very flawed approach. Mm -hmm. So when I took away that massive, what I now look as encumbrance to their creativity, it was really just totally putting it it off for them. That freed up all this extra time. And it freed up all these new opportunities. And so then it turned into this idea of, I don't actually have issue with what you create. And I don't even actually have issue with if anybody else in the room likes it. I, I mean, obviously, I want them to. I want people to be like, yes, that sounds great. I love it. Play it more. But really, all I'm concerned with is when you're making it and you listen back, why, what's your motivation? Can you identify for me what about that is of interest to you? And I think personally, we lose that a lot in music education. I, I can remember with my symphonies, working on those Beethoven pieces, for example, and feeling like I didn't really have enough time to explore with them why Beethoven even wrote it. Like, who cares? I mean, yeah, we. I want to be able to say that as a high schooler, I played that piece. Okay, good for you. And now you've played it, and what did we actually get from it, other than that moment of being able to claim doing it? And so that was sort of part of my... You know, I, I had a lot of hindsight 
so that as I'm building what would become CMAS, I'm still doing all these other things and I can kind of pick and choose what works, what doesn't work. You know, so a lot of it is we will do that. We will do we will definitely not do that. That thing is never getting anywhere near this program or for whatever you know what I mean? And so a lot of it was just sort of building the experience. So now I kind of feel like when people like you come in, part of my job is to sort of show you some of those and talk to you about what works and what doesn't. And some of that, to be fair, some of that because it doesn't work for me, doesn't mean it wouldn't work for you. Right. You know, I, I don't, what do I know? <laughs> um, let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. So I know you're both singers. I know that you are clearly just from talking to you very self-aware of your musical interests and and your musical priorities i think at this point do you have any and i'm just curious do you have any experience writing your own songs or your own pieces and i don't care what style it is i'm just curious you know do you have any is that is that something you've done at all yourself um i used to actually write a lot of songs i had a whole notebook of songs in middle school. Really? Yes, but I had, uh, I grew up on, in a very dysfunctional family. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, I turned out pretty great. I was so. going to say, yeah, you seem <laughs> like you're doing all right. So um, everything turned out okay. But I also went through my first like crush and like, because w- when you grow up in a not so nice environment, you have to deal with your emotions and things like that. And so that was a way that I could you know, like get through okay. those Good times. And so I guess, and I, I think to myself, like why I don't write very much anymore. Like, why don't I do that? And now I'm, I, you know, I'm very happy with my life. I um, just got married in March. Congratulations. I, I thank you. I, to an Arcadia graduate, by the way, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah I thought we, you were... we have been together since you, uh, Oh, how funny. Yeah. How funny. How cool. I was uh, 15 and he was 16. And, you know, so I'm, I've come to a place where I'm, I'm comfortable as a vocalist. I, because being a musician is tough. Like you self doubt every day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I've come to a good place. I'm really happy in my life. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why I don't feel that I need to express um, Hmm. the turmoil that's going on in my mind. Okay. But yeah, and as far as like the technology and things like that, um, I took a beat making class, and those things are fun. And <laughs> cool. Yeah. So. Okay, and like I said, there's no right or wrong. I was more curious. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say you have that. Have you gone back and like looked at the notebook and been like, "Ooh, that actually that's kind of a cool little idea. I mean, we should, you know, I should, you know, I, do something with that." I have no idea where it is, which makes me really oh, saddening. No. I've moved I've moved a couple of times, because um, I moved out of my parents' house where I, when I graduated and um so I don't have it, but I remember I did get to actually I wrote the lyrics and came up with the, the chords and things like that and then my current my or my what was at the time my current choir teacher mm-hmm. like played the piano for me oh, and okay. I actually performed an original song at like an assembly. Oh, wow. Um, How so cool. That was, that was when I had no fear <laughs> of performing in front of people. <laughs> that's um, a lot of pressure in front of a whole school, yeah, too. So, that's not something minimal. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, find the notebook. Right. <laughs> but more importantly, get another one and keep going. You know, so they're all happy love songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, no, that's cool though. That's very yeah. cool. And I do think, you know, I think even if you haven't been writing recently, the fact that you have written, you know, you were talking about what's your role and how do you get involved with what my students are doing, that gives you a perspective because when you've, you know, it's very hard to talk to somebody about creating something if you've never created something. Whereas yeah. if you've gone in and made a widget, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, you can then talk about that to somebody else who's trying. And now your comments are not, they're not like theories. They're actually, no, I did that and how about this and whatever. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you can give them valid perspective. Yeah. That's cool. What about you? Do you, what's your, I know you were mentioning you have, you have a very varied musical background as far as what you were exposed to. Right. Um, I have, yeah, I have had that luxury very much so. And, um, 
it did lead to me writing some music when I was younger, arranging a little bit, very little. I'd like to get back into that for okay. different kinds of ensembles, but um, it's writing is hard for me because I write on piano. Okay. And I'm very, as a bass baritone singer, I don't get a lot of experience with melodies. Um, so I tend to be fairly, fairly uh, competent when it comes to writing background, accompaniment, um, beats that go along with it. But I have a lot of trouble writing lyrics specifically and melodies in general. However, that being said, I love poetry. I love writing poetry. That's a, a huge creative outlet in my life and has been for a long time, quite a while, actually. Um, it's just interesting. Um, I've realized this before lots of times, but it's so interesting to see that I can write poetry so well and I can't write lyrics to save my life. I'm wondering... I mean, I, I know the textbook... Re, you know, definition of lyrics versus poetry. I get that. But I'm wondering, as you're saying that, why why could the poems not in and of themselves be lyrics? As I've been realizing recently, I tend to write more free verse, kind of spoken word-esque poems, um, which don't necessarily lend themselves to repetition very easily. Um, not saying that all songs need to be repetitious, but it does. There it does. is a trend. I mean, let's not get ourselves <laughs> right. Okay. And there, there is a certain beauty in giving the audience familiarity in something that even that they've never heard. I think. No, that makes sense. I, I guess I was just wondering because it, you know, it would be interesting to take if you're if you're willing to take a look at some of that at some point because sometimes repetition might simply be. I'll give you. Let me let me backtrack. So there's a there's a writing exercise that I will have my students do sometimes if they're getting you know writer's block. And the exercise I didn't come up with it. I don't know who came up with it. But the exercise is basically if you're stuck right with writer's block, you just start writing, even if it's nonsense. And it's kind of like you eventually push through the wall. But fundamentally, you know, how do you know when you push through? Well, there'll be a moment where you'll they'll, you will come up with a line for whatever reason. And you go, that line, that's it. I like that line. I'm using that. Maybe the repetition element is solved by simply going back through a, a, a piece of your, you know, um, more freeform poetry and reading it until you hit a line that you just, in and of itself, just strikes you as particularly effective or particularly emotive or whatever it might be that, that strikes you about it. And then simply take it and see what happens, you know, if you, you know, maybe it's something simple like four lines of text and then that line and then four more lines of text and that line again. And you might find a way of creating these sort of, you know, I'll grant you maybe imperfect, but these kind of like song cycle elements that maybe change that sense of it can't be lyrics into maybe it can be i mean i don't know it's just something to absolutely consider. um i mean also some of my favorite spoken word poets um tend to sometimes even set their poetry to music sure and i really love that idea especially with the kind of music that i end up writing most of the time i think that they would actually is, what is what is that music you say that's a really good question <laughs> um Hmm. It's mm, I don't know how to genre classify it necessarily. If you know the artist Yiruma, it's something similar to that. Okay. Um it's gentle tends to be ballad like, I okay. suppose. Okay. But still upbeat in a okay. sense. All right. I'll I'll try to no, record that's something. No, no, for you. no. Well, I I mean, but maybe it's just a matter of just sort of experimenting. Yeah. With that, you know, those, you know, I'm a big believer that if you've got it in your head, the rest of it will eventually happen, you know. Right. You know, this like a lot of the kids like trying to learn their new instruments and stuff and I'm like it's it's okay. 
if you understand what's supposed to happen, eventually your body will catch up. I mean, barring if you have a physical ailment or something, I'm not talking about that. I mean, that's obviously a separate circumstance. Right. Um, but I, you know, I'm wondering for you, maybe again, not saying what you have to do, right. but it would be int- no, but it would be interesting to say, you know what, I've got this little piece of music, this little snippet of whatever it is, and you just you let that loop on your phone or whatever. And then I've got these lyrics. I know it doesn't feel like a song right now, but I'm just going to read them down over top of that and see if you find that line. You know, because usually that's the funny thing about creation. It's like you, you're plugging away and you're plugging away and you're plugging away and you're plugging away. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason that you may not even be able to identify, but it just happens and something just clicks. And it might just be a matter of trying to find the, the click. Right. Absolutely. And it was, it's funny because right before this, actually, I was messing around on the piano because I saw that you were over by one of our, uh, yeah, keyboards. life has been a little bit of a mess recently, just I'm, dealing with things with my house and getting everything resolved. Um, I am very sorry. It's, it's coming though. Okay, good. Um, good. just a few phone calls away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I actually created something that seems repetitious enough potentially but with potential melodic differences and changes changing the contour of it maybe um some chord progressions here or there maybe and i think that would fit really nicely under some of my pieces so i think that you know it's the it's the willingness to experiment it works it doesn't work who cares i mean that's unfair of course you want it to work but the idea that the priority is just to give it a shot and that's actually, you know, what we're talking about right now for both of you, the circumstances aren't identical, but you're both talking about these sort of creative ideas. You clearly have that as a motivational element. You know, I'm thinking selfishly, what a great discussion to have with some of my students when you, you know, because there are days some of them will come in and they're great kids, they're hardworking, and you can just kind of feel it. Like, this isn't the day. And that's the that is actually to be fair. That's one of the problems with the class. Because if you come in and it's just not the day to be creating something, we're wa- I don't want to say we're wasting time, but you can't just sort of like phone that in. Right. And you shouldn't do it in any art form. I and mean, you shouldn't be doing that sitting with your violin in strings class either. Don't misunderstand me. But you absolutely you can't do that if you're starting with a blank page. To be creative. So what you guys are talking about of trying to find out ways of, you know, why am I not writing those songs anymore? And sort of maybe embracing that and moving that forward. And, you know, this idea of, well, I've got these two different things, but I can't figure out how to make them. Right. Maybe, and maybe they don't fit. I mean, I don't know. And maybe, maybe, do you know who Rob Thomas is? Mm-hmm. Rob Thomas, have you ever heard of the band uh, Matchbox 20? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's the lead singer and songwriter for for them. He's a, he's a genius. The guy's brilliant. He can like make anything a singable hook. It's re- like he could literally read the phone book and you'd be singing the phone book when he's <laughs> done. It's, it's just <laughs> unbelievable talent. the kind of talent the guy's got. But I remember years ago somebody asked him. You know, he's like, Rob. You know, you have this incredibly successful career. You have a beautiful wife and family and all this other stuff. Your life is like basically what everybody would want. And you write all these songs though that are extremely like dark in lyric content and whatever. And he goes, he goes, well, the truth is, is yeah, he's like, I'm very lucky. I love my wife and everything's great. He's like, but it's just easier to write songs about things when they're going wrong. So he puts himself in imaginary scenarios mm-hmm. and writes about that experience or that perspective, even though it's not truly his. Maybe that's a. I mean, you know, I don't want you to be like all moody and sad and depressed, yeah, no. and, you know. But uh, but maybe you know there is something for, you know, being inspired by it. You know, on the other hand, McCartney. There's a very famous sort of you know back and forth with him and Lennon in the seventies, and you know Lennon's criticizing McCartney because he's writing all these love songs. They're getting to be huge hits. I mean, there's a whole. There's all kinds of layers to that onion, obviously, between the two of them, and I would not even presume to. <laughs> but, you know, McCartney comes back with a song called, you know, Silly Love Song. Like, literally, you know, they, they, that's the story. It's a response to that criticism. Like, why can't, what's wrong with just having a love song? Who knows? Anyway, I 
want to I think we need to wrap up here if only because I'm looking at this and I'm going my goodness I've talked a lot <laughs> and you guys haven't talked very much and I'm sorry about that I hope no, no trouble um and You'll sometimes, have us here especially, all semester. right? And and, <laughs> and especially, uh, you know, for folks that are just coming in, it is a lot to take in. Sometimes these are sort of interviews of me, which is fine too. Um, but I appreciate you guys being here. I'm excited to sort of check in. I mean, obviously, we'll be checking in all the time when you're here as interns. But you know, in a maybe more public way, with with the podcast, mm-hmm. as as far as how things, you know, how you move through it, what works, you know, some of what we do, kidding aside. You'll you'll take back to whatever gig you wind up getting. Some of it's going to be, you know, I remember working with this one mentor teacher this one time and never doing that, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you guys being here. I like the fact that you're um, open to the concept of kids creating stuff. I think that um, I think that says a lot because um, not everybody is. Let's you know, for the to be honest. But thank you guys for being. Thank you for coming into intern and 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 coming on the podcast. And of yeah, course, got anything else for me for at all? <laughs> I just think that this is a really good opportunity that you're providing for these students to really, whether it's expressing themselves or like Rob Thomas Thompson Thomas Thomas, yeah. Thomas. I did yeah. have it right. Yeah, you did. Rob Thomas expressing something else. Uh, I I think that that's just a really good opportunity and i'm really happy to be here thank you i really appreciate that very kind of you cool thank you guys and i'll see you in a week Yeah, thank you too cool thanks all righty so there you go jenny madruga and miles co from arizona state university two of our creative musical arts and sciences program uh music education interns and i'm uh, again very grateful to them for coming in and and not only interning but also for agreeing to be on the podcast and sharing their thoughts with us this week. And as always, uh, thank you for listening and for tuning in and all that and for sharing the, uh, the spreading the word, I guess I should say, about the podcast and subscribing and all that. Um, as always, you can find out what I'm up to uh, or reach me at richardmaxwell.net and you can check out what's going on with my students in the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program at ArcadiaCMass.com. So hope everybody has a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.